So today is our official Christmas service uh, a little early due to some of the children's church leaders uh, only being available today uh, for the presentation. Uh, I am going to pause from our Not a Fan series. We have one more part next week, our Christmas series. I have one more part to that next week, and then obviously we'll have Christmas off. Uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Amy and Pastor Josh will be leading that, and Pastor Josh will be bringing a message, correct? Um, So we want you to attend that. That will be our weekly meeting, and then spend time with your family on Christmas Day. Um, I thought that the Not a Fan series was just a series leading up to Christmas, and I actually thought that uh, what I'm going to talk about today leading into the new year was going to be uh, the Christmas series, but the Lord woke me up uh, and said, no, no, you had it wrong. Uh, peace is going to be your word for 2023. What was our word last this year? Faith. Okay, so this year it was faith. It's going to be peace. It's at least going to be one of the words for 2023. I don't know why, but God gives us words that we focus on for the whole year. Um, but how many of you can say amen to this statement? Without faith... It's difficult to have peace. So it's not an accident that God gave us faith first and then peace. Pastor Mark got it wrong, but God didn't. Um, So I'm not quite finished on the faith topic. We're going to go into the new year with one last series on faith, and then we're going to start talking about peace. Um, But we're going to actually talk about the nine arts of spiritual conversations. And and I want to help you further, even more deeper than what Katie Katie and Alan brought on sharing your faith. I want to talk about that before we move on to peace. Um, But that series will be drawing straight from the life and ministry of Jesus uh, that offers us simple practices to help you build relationships with people who believe differently than you. So it's very important. But for today, for this Christmas message, I want to talk to you about peace to set us up for 2023. Um, But I don't know if you've noticed or not, but a lot of people are coming back to church. And a lot of people are coming to church for the first time. A lot. And what I've noticed is that the dominant reason, reason for them adding church to their lives is this. They're looking for peace. That's the dominant reason that they tell us that they're coming back or they're coming for the first time. They're looking for peace in their lives. They've tried everything else to bring them happiness and peace just to find themselves still unhappy, fearful, and in a state of unrest. And sadly for some, now addicted to something that they've used over and over and over to try to shut out the noise of the world, sadly, and to numb themselves from the pain and the hurt that life throws at all of us, right? A lot of them are living a chaotic life at home, and they have no answers or solutions for it. And the whole time, you're here at the feet of Jesus, praying for them just to come to the source of peace, right? While they were searching the world for a peaceful solution to all of their problems. Church, I'm here to tell you they're coming to Jesus. They're coming. It may be slow, but they're coming because they are realizing that everything that the world has to offer them is empty promises with maybe a temporary solution to the pain. And now they're ready to give Jesus a try. And they're going to find lasting peace But my question to you today is, are you ready when they come? Are you ready? Number one, are you setting your alarms every day at 10.02 a.m. and praying for the harvest to come? That's from Luke 10, 2. Are you praying for the workers to come? Number two, 
Are you, are you working out your salvation and your faith every day so that you're ready to help us train, equip, and send them back out to save others? Because they are coming. Are you ready to help us to equip them to send them back out? So by a show of hands, the question of the day is, one of the questions of the day is, how many of you think that we are living in a chaotic time in our world today? By a show of hands. Look around the room. It's pretty much 100%. Well, did you know that the world was just as chaotic when Jesus was born? Some scholars believe that Jesus being born at night was a symbol that he was a symbol of the spiritual state of the, of the world in which he was born into. The fact that he was born at night. Like you and me, he was born into darkness for a reason. What do you think it is? To bring light. Born into darkness for a reason, to bring light. It was so dark that one author said it was a darkness that you could feel. How many of you can feel the darkness of our society today? He went on to say this. It was the chaos of souls this time. Before the rise of the Son of Righteousness, the spiritual eyes of the world were almost closed and looked diseased and perishing. Anyone feel like that describes the state of our world today? I have news for you. When Jesus was born, the reign of darkness and chaos were broken. The reign of the darkness was broken. It it took a while for the world to catch on. In fact... We're still trying to catch on, right? The birth of Jesus brought light to the darkness, but it also did something else. The birth of Jesus brought peace to the chaos. Let's go back to when the world began. Genesis 1, 1 through 3. Everything will be up on the screen. Just read with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and dark. And God said... Doesn't that sound like the birth of Jesus? Let there be light. That's what happened when the earth was born. Light was brought to darkness. Listen to Zechariah's prophecy of the purpose of the soon-to-be-born Jesus in Luke 1, 78 and 79. Because of the tender mercy of our God, knowing that we live in a dark world because of the fall of man, by which the rising sun, the Messiah, will come to us from heaven to what? To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. To what? Towards what? Peace. To shine in darkness, to guide our feet on the paths towards peace. Listen to the announcement of Jesus' birth to the shepherds in Luke 10, 10 through 14. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, this is why he said, don't be afraid. This is what will cause great joy. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth now comes peace to those on whom 
his favor rests. So you see, if you look long enough and deep enough into that passage, you're going to see several things. Number one, Jesus has been and still is offering peace to every burdened human heart. And it's a peace that is so profound that you can't measure it, you can't put a price tag on it, you can't compare it to anything else that the world offers you. And it is so precious that you cannot, cannot put a price on it. Number two, the teaching and the Spirit of Jesus inspires peace and love in all of our relationships. Any kind of relationship that you have with another human, he offers you and he wants to teach you how to have peace with them. By a show of hands, look around the room. How many of you would like more peace in your human relationships? Some of you are like, yeah, he's sitting right next to me. <laughs> She's sitting right next to me. Yeah, watch it, you two. I don't have time for counseling today. I have a full day planned. Number three, this passage says that Jesus wants our peace to lead us to purity. That we put our disagreements and lack of harmony and strife with other people below and behind us. For the sake of peace that Jesus wanted for the earth, peace and purity dwell together. How many of you know what your purpose for being alive is? Well, you just heard it. To bring light to the darkness in our world and to bring peace to the chaos in our world. Not to add darkness and chaos to it, but to combat it. Right? To wipe it out. To heal it. To intentionally bring salvation to its doorstep. Statement of the day. Jesus was born during chaotic times. He was raised and died in, crazy, in a crazy, chaotic cultural atmosphere. Some would say that we are in that kind of atmosphere now. So the statement of day, the day is this. Jesus brought peace to his generation. What will you do? Because the first thing we need, we need to understand is it starts with us. It starts with you, and it starts with me. Do you have peace with Jesus? Have you made him your Lord and Savior? If you don't have his peace, you won't be able to spread peace to others. You're just going to cause chaos and trouble, right? Oh, you can try to buy people things by trying to fulfill their needs, but all of that is temporary. What they need you to do is find peace first within yourself. Through Jesus, of course. And then put Jesus on display in front of them. It starts with us. By the way, church, Christian, believer, non-believer, those on the fence, sin does not produce peace. It doesn't. It actually produces fear. It produces shame. It creates guilt. It breeds chaos. And it results in destruction. Literally, more specifically, the destruction of your soul. If you are practicing sin over and over and over, then today, this starts with you. To go deeper and into having this precious and priceless peace that you can only get through Jesus, you're going to have to walk away from sin. What did verse 14 say again? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. And who receives this priceless peace? Those who on his, those to, to those on whom his what? Favor rests. 
So before I tackle the favor thing, in closing, can we just pause for a second and let this sink in for a moment? Just that whole statement there, that whole verse. Do you realize, or this whole message, do you realize what we are talking about having today? Do you realize that God is inviting you and me, little all you and me, to have not just peace, His peace. The creator of the universe's peace. To experience it, to possess it, to live in it, to walk in His peace. The same peace that He walks in he invites us to walk in. I'm sorry, but that is mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing. And I'll tell you that the devil does not make him shake like it does some of you. A broken-down car does not make God wonder if there's a solution to that or that there's grace and love and, and blessings on the other end of that. He's not worried about your lost children. He's more worried about the way you're handling it. And you're trying to force them back into the kingdom instead of just hitting your knees and praying for them. And then when they're in your presence at Christmas, love the hell out of them. Love them. I mean, instead of scaring the hell out of them, that's, I'm not swearing, I'm saying, instead of scaring the hell out of them, you love the hell out of them. So in closing, who receives God's level of peace again? Who receives it? Okay, that was very weak. Say it again. So how do you know if you have God's favor? Well, we first need to know what peace means. It comes from the Greek word, irene. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Irene corresponds with the same word, shalom. Okay? Here's the definition, and everyone lean into this because in the coming months and years, uh, you're going to need a strong faith and and a heavenly level of peace. Did you hear that? In the coming years, you're going to have to have a strong faith and a heavenly level of peace in order to stay with Jesus throughout whatever we go through as a nation. They're coming after you, you know. They've already won a little uh, uh, battle with marriage. They haven't won the war. They will not win the war, but they're winning little battles because eventually they're coming after the church. Our nation is coming after the church. They practiced it through COVID when they shut us down. The definition of peace is tranquility. Fearing nothing. Everybody say fearing nothing. Why? You see, the the kind of peace that God will give you is not just about getting along with other people. Let me repeat that. The peace that God wants for you is not just about getting along with your spouse. It helps. It does. (laughs) The gospel of peace is one of salvation, right? In other words, yes, it will obviously help you get along with your wife. Yes and your co-workers, and your husband. No doubt. But having the peace of God and the love of Jesus will make your earthly relationships so much better. We know that, right? However, the kind of peace that God wants you to have, 
through a relationship with Jesus, through a relationship with Jesus, through a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God all in one, means that nothing that this temporary world throws at you will cause you to be shaken. Not even COVID. Not a pandemic. It means living a life free from worry and fear and anxiety and thoughts of suicide and acting out in more sin. Because God has secured your future with him in glory. Nothing can shake you. Now just pause for a minute and I want you to think about what is shaking you right now. Is it a broken down car? Is it a a house payment that you can't make? Is it a relationship that you know you're supposed to end because it's not godly? It's unhealthy. Is it because you don't come to church when you know you're supposed to because you know you'll get fed and be built up and equipped and trained and sent out? And another church has hurt you or another pastor has hurt you and you're holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. What is it that's shaking you because it's not supposed to shake you? You can get hurt, but you're supposed to find healing for that, right? Because as a believer who strives for holiness and purity in their relationship with God, no one can kill you. I don't care if they shoot you with a gun and your body dies, no one can kill you. No one can harm you, really. If Jesus is your Lord, who can come against you? That's what the Bible says, right? No one, really. That's who. How many of you would love to have that kind of peace? The kind of peace that doesn't react to stupid people. I'm just saying it like it is. And sometimes I'm that stupid person. That was either bad timing or we need to talk. Let's pause and ask if the pastor has done anything to offend us. The kind of peace that doesn't overreact to difficult seasons in our life. Remember, our emotions are never to be out of control. The kind of peace that will keep us from numbing ourselves with more sin in order to avoid pain. Well, according to Scripture, if you want it, you have to have the favor of God on your life. And for the sake of time, I can only show you a little snippet of what it means to have the favor of God on your life. And I'm going to show you in one passage and then try to explain it in closing. Isaiah 66, verse 2b, the second part of verse 2. These are the ones, God is saying, that I look on with favor. So here's the answer. Those who are humble, those who have a contrite spirit, and those who tremble at my word. Not those who twist my word, those who tremble just the way it's written. Not to find one verse to try to twist 15 other verses. Anybody that says I have one verse to argue with you, they're, they're not taking the whole Bible into context. Because the, the word was never used based on one, was never to be used based on one verse. That is spiritual abuse. Right? God favors the humble because they are teachable. Humble people position their hearts to allow the Trinity to teach them what is good. They know that they don't know it all. They own their stuff. They don't try to blame it on others, and they don't excuse and justify their mistakes and failures or sins, right? 
They come into every encounter with God and every encounter with another person with this mindset. I know nothing. Because when you place yourself there, you have to rely on the Spirit of God. And therefore, if you come in to every situation, even in your marriage, and say, I know nothing. Spirit, teach me the way to treat my wife in a good way. I'm trying to help you. Don't elbow him. Right? I know nothing. Do you know what that will actually fulfill from Scripture? To not rely on your own understanding from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And that causes them to rely on the Spirit of God, right? The Holy Spirit. In order to have divine peace, we have to release control and surrender our lives to Jesus. Question, question. Will you, this Christmas, humble yourself before the Messiah? Because ultimately, God wants all of his children. Listen, God wants all of his children to walk in favor, in his favor. But you know what the key is? If that's true, if he wants all of us to walk in his favor, then isn't it true that it really then is up to us how much favor we get? It's really up to us whether or not we decide to do what is necessary to walk into the favor of God. To be contrite in spirit means to be humbled by our own sins and failures seeking after God. Now we've covered this, right? It's about not pointing out the sliver in someone else's eye because you have this massive plank out of your own. It's not about pointing out other people's sins and mistakes so that you feel better about yours. Well, pastor, at least I'm not doing what Gabrielle is doing. That fulfills the scripture. You're pointing out her sliver. Look at your own plank. Contrite in spirit means I'm so broken. I'm not going to, I'm going to pray for you in your sins, but I'm not going to point yours out to make me feel better. I'm going to work on my own. Because when I stand before God, you think I'm going to be able to blame Gabrielle and say that to Jesus? But, but Jesus, did you see Gabrielle? And you're not, you're not, going, to let, you're not going to let me get a, a, a reward for that? She's not going to be standing with me at judgment for me to blame. It's going to be me and Jesus. Right? I know nothing. Will you humble yourself before the Messiah? Contrite in spirit, to be humbled by our own sins and failures, seeking after God. That's the definition. It means, it means to always be willing to repent and confess our sins so that we can remain in the Lord's presence. A contrite heart or spirit is when a person's inner man or will has been broken so they no longer run after the things they want but surrender to the things that God wants. That's what it means to be contrite in spirit. A broken heart or a broken will will say this, I will no longer do this my way or on my terms. I will surrender my life to God's ways. And God responds with favor to someone who lays down everything you want and take on what God wants for your life. Those are the people that are walking in favor in our tribe. And lastly, what does it mean to tremble at my word? It is connected with a contrite and broken spirit. It means to have such a reverence and respect and honor, and I'll say it, a holy, healthy fear of God's word, that it brings you to your knees in repentance. We live in a society today where the world is rejecting God's word, but you know Christians are doing the same thing by changing God's word. If you try to change it, you are rejecting it because the very last verse in the Bible says, 
So those of you that take a verse and try to outdo 15 or 30 other verses, listen, anyone who adds or subtracts to this will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we need to take it as the way the Lord meant it and not try to change it or add to it, our own personal opinions. What does it mean to tremble at my word? Holy fear of God's word that brings you to your knees in repentance. It moves you to live a holy life free from sin, blameless and without spot or wrinkle. And so people struggle. Every message I do, they walk away and misinterpret things that I say. Is Pastor Mark saying we need to walk in perfection? Did you hear me in the beginning prayer? I said, I may never walk in the perfection that Jesus walked in because he was partly God, right? He was human, but he was also partly God. But God, may you find me on my deathbed striving for it. And I actually believe with that kind of humble, contrite heart, you can actually walk in a human perfection in God's eyes. It's called holiness. Blameless and without spot or wrinkle. Well, where do you get that from? That's the bride that he's coming back for. Only a a body, a bride that is blameless and without spot or wrinkle. As much as you possibly can in the flesh, here's my little tag, as much as you possibly, because it's true, as much as you possibly can in the flesh and with the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't do any of this without a relationship with his spirit. Jesus went home to be with the Lord. He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. So you need to figure out what that means and start activating. uh, Katie, I'm not going to do it. Activate the Holy Spirit in your life. Holy Spirit, activate, activate. I'm not doing it. I can't dance like her. I have white man's disease. Would you agree that in our society today, there is a great disrespect for God's word? Okay, don't be one of them. One of the problems that we as Christians have today is this. Too many Christians today have some measure of respect for God but do not have enough to make a difference in their lives. To sum all of this up before Yenny comes, she's going to end with a dance. I want to sum this up. So just close your eyes and just let this message sink in. And I want you to focus on you. You can have divine peace in the midst of earthly chaos. It comes through the gift of Jesus. You have to invite him into your life then continue to work out your salvation. And if you want help with that, just talk to somebody in the room. Then you have to pursue God's favor for your life by choosing righteousness and holiness over sin. And you cannot do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. And some good Christians, by the way, to hold you accountable. Then, when you receive this divine peace, everybody look up at me, share it with the world. Do you understand that it's not just Jesus that's a gift? You are holding a gift for the world. And you need to stop hoarding it for yourself. It's interesting to me that new believers want to run around and tell everybody about Jesus. And you could think, if if we think about it in the natural, when I opened up a new toy, I would not share with my brothers. You are not, don't you touch my new Tonka truck. Don't you touch it. But new believers have this new gift and they just want to share it. In Christianity, it's the old Christians that stop sharing the gift. Again, in verse 14, I want you to remember your purpose. Your purpose. 
The purpose for Jesus' birth and the purpose for your spiritual birth is to bring light to the darkness and to what? Please, I'm going to re-preach it. To bring peace to the chaos in our world. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Thank you for listening to this message from Dubois Light and Life Church. We hope you're blessed by it. To hear more messages or get more information about Light and Life Church, please visit DuboisFMC.org or check us out on Facebook.